0: Thank you once again for tuning into our Friday edition of the podcast as we close out the week, not only on the podcast, but also in the services here at the House of God, here at the Black Creek Baptist Church. Lord willing, tonight, seven o'clock, Brother Rose or myself, possibly both of us, will be preaching. And we look forward to what the Lord is going to do. We thank the Lord for the services thus far. Thank the Lord for the people so they've got some help from God. And I'd also like to thank those of you who listen to the podcast. We've had several this week that we didn't know listen. They come up to us and say, we've listened to the podcast. It's been a help. It's been a blessing. And we thank the Lord for that. That's why we do this. We want folks to listen. We want folks to get a daily dose of doctrine, a little bit of a devotional in your life concerning the word of God. And that's what the purpose of this is. As you travel, as you're sitting, as you're uh, maybe we're doing your chores, working around the house, doing school. You can listen to the Word of God being preached, and what a blessing that is, what an honor that is to be able to come to you uh, via this podcast. We're in Matthew chapter 12. We're going to go partway through the chapter a little bit more. In verse 14, we'll begin reading, and the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. He's violated them twice. He's gone against what they say is the law of God twice, but really it's a law they've created in themselves without mercy, without doing one thing to lift a hand to help others, uh, they saw David do that with the showbread, but this is Jesus Christ. This is not David. This is the Son of God. He's the bread of life. And yet his disciples go and take that corn. And again, all the factors of Pharisees, they didn't wash their hands. They ate the corn on the Sabbath day. Then Jesus says it's unlawful to heal on the Sabbath day. And he touches that man with the hand that's withered and makes him whole. And Uh, We just heard today in preaching, we heard how a man spoke of that passage of Scripture. Stretch forth thine hand. How cruel that would be if Jesus Christ could not heal him. And yet he knew when he said stretch forth thy hand, he was going to be healed. And so it would be cruel to tell a man with a withered hand, stretch forth thy hand, and then leave him in the lurch, mock at him, scoff at him. That's what the world does. That's what people do. But no, this is Jesus Christ. This is the Son of God. The Pharisees have done nothing to help this man, but Jesus Christ came and helped him. And then he shared with them how much more of you, if you have a sheep that goes into a ditch on the Sabbath day, you're not going to go get that sheep out of the ditch. So rather take heed to the words of Christ, rather take heed to the word of God, they went out and held a council against him. You see, it's not just one man, there's strength in a council. And that's why people have to have councils. People have to have committees to push their own ideas and their own thoughts. That's why a lot of churches have a financial committee, because it's a way to push thoughts through. It's not a one man stop. It's a, it's a way to push things through. That's why people need counsels. They need to get together. We need to have a committee. We need to meet on this. We need to talk about this because they have an ideal they want to push through. And they know that verbally you can be swayed. And they know that they need to destroy Jesus Christ. So they need to have a counsel about that. And they're going to put their heads together and they're going to wag their tongues. and They're going to figure out how they can destroy him against the law of God, in violation of the law of God. But when Jesus knew it, He withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. And so it's interesting that he draws away from the Pharisees and continues to heal. In fact, he healed all the multitude that followed him, and charged them that they should not make him known. And then again, he deals with Scripture. He prophesies here, that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Behold, my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, in whom my soul is well-pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. And I'm going to stop right there as far as reading the book of Matthew, but I'm going to go back to Isaiah 42. This is the scripture that he reconciles. Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Why? He's gone to the poor of this world. He's gone into the highways and hedges. He's gone to those that needed help. He's gone to those that needed healing. And he says he's not going to cry to be heard in the street. This is not a, a public loud ministry. This is the earthly ministry of Christ. And he goes on and says, he shall not fail. Verse 3 of Isaiah 42, a bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall not he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail nor be discouraged, so he have set judgment in the earth. And the isle shall wait for his law. And so again, we see prophecy concerning Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is telling them. This is the fulfillment of that prophecy. Matthew twelve eighteen. Behold my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him. He has absolute discernment. He shall show judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not strive nor cry, neither shall any man hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed shall he not break. And smoking flax shall he not quench, till he send forth judgment into victory, and in his name shall the Gentiles trust. That is Jesus Christ. He has sent his judgment unto victory. He has healed the sick. He has come to his own. He has come and healed. He has touched. He's made them whole. Why? He has the Spirit of God upon him. He is the Son of God. He is Jesus Christ. He is the healer of the sick. He is has come to those that are in bondage, even to those in imprisonment. Verse 22, then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, this is singular here, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch so much that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. And it's interesting, he says, this man was possessed with the devil, both blind and dumb, and there's a correlation there. And I realize that somebody will take this and run with it, and every blind person will have devils, every uh, dumb person will have devils, and they'll run with it to the ends of the earth with this. But no, in this particular case, Jesus Christ is using this to show us and tell us what he can do, instruments that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Why? He's taking the devil away. He has cast out that devil. Therefore, that man that could not see, that man that could not speak, that man that was unable, incapable of doing those things, now sees, he now speaks. Why? Because Jesus Christ has cast out the devil, because he's come to that man, and he's come not striving nor crying. He's come to show judgment to the Gentiles, but he also has his spirit upon him. And all the people were amazed and said, is not this the son of David? But again, there's the Pharisees. Every time Jesus Christ does good, there's the Pharisees to make sure they call him into question, to make sure they challenge him, make sure that others do not see that he is the Christ. But When the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow doth not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And so they even said the work that Jesus Christ is doing is devilish. That he's doing this by Beelzebub, the prince of the devils. And yet they're doing the work of their father, the devil, more than anybody else is. They're doing this because they don't believe the word of God. They do not believe this is Jesus Christ. And so they withstand him and they want to destroy him. And they're going to follow him around and pester him and challenge him. But what they didn't realize, is they're up against the word of God. And you can go against the word of God and challenge the word of God, condemn the word of God, mock the word of God. But in reality, it is going to crush you. It is that rock hewn out, and it it's going to crush you, my friend. That stone is going to fall, and one of these days, you're going to be nothing because you've gone against the word of God. You would not receive the love of the truth. That's the same with the Pharisees. They sit in Moses' seat, but not with the word of God. They sit in Moses' seat in judgment, but not with the truth of the word of God. So Jesus Christ is healing. He's casting out devils. He's doing what he's called to do. And they said, is this not the son of David? When the Pharisees heard it, they said, this fellow... They wouldn't call him Christ for anything. They wouldn't acknowledge his deity for anything. They wouldn't acknowledge his holiness for anything. They hate the work that he does. That's never changed. A man that preaches the word of God and tells the truth of the word of God, he's not received of men. They'll say it's the work of devils. You know, you get up there and say, he's trying to make them doubt. And then they'll say later on, the devil's making you doubt. But they've just accused the man of God of trying to make people doubt. They're basically saying he's a devil. He's doing the work of devils. Because God came to give assurance. Therefore, this man, he's making you, you... know, By the way, if I can make somebody doubt, they don't have much. I might confuse them for a while, but they just go to the Word of God. They won't doubt longer. I can't make somebody doubt, but the Word of God certainly can. So Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan... He is divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And so why would Satan cast out devils? That's his destructive work. They're his ministers. Why would he cast them out? It's, that kingdom can't stand. What foolishness that is. But again, they're blind. They have the law, but they're blind. They have the word of God, but they're blind. They couldn't see this as Christ for anything. They wouldn't humble themselves. They do have that high look, that proud look, that proud countenance afar of off from God. They're not going to humble themselves under the mighty hand of God for any reason or for anything. Why? Because they sit in Moses' seat. They are the lawgivers. They have control in controlling the law. And as long as you can control people with the law, you know what Jesus said? He said, obey what they, what they tell you, just don't do what they do. Because they can't live this law. They're outcasts. They're castaways of Jesus Christ because they cannot do the same law that they teach. They lay this burden on others, but they themselves will not perform it. It's good what they say. Should men have gone into the corner of the Sabbath? No, they should not. But in wrath, remember mercy. There's a time maybe they could, but they're, they're not the judge. And that's the problem. There's so many folks today. They judge unrighteously. They judge others by their works. They cannot see afar off. They judge according to their ideals or according to personality or according to opinion. And they just will not judge according to righteousness and holiness and godliness. They can't do it. And Jesus said this house is going to be divided. It can't stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How shall then his kingdom stand? And if I by Beelzebub cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore, they shall be your judges. So he tells them, your children are going to judge you because if I cast them out, my goodness, what are your children going to do? But they don't see this. They can't see it's Christ. But if I cast out devils by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. And there's where the trouble is. There's where it meets the road because they do not know that this is Jesus Christ. He has brought the kingdom of God to them and they can't see it while they're blind. And yet they're looking for the kingdom of God. They claim they're looking for the kingdom of God. They pray that the kingdom of God would come, and yet he has come. He's telling them, He's come unto you. I have come unto you. He said, But you cast out devils by the Spirit of God. It wasn't Beelzebub, it was by the Spirit of God that he could cast out devils. That's what a lot of folks today, they're trying to cast out devils, or they claim they're casting out devils, and they claim they're healing. They're making all these claims. It's not by the Spirit of God. It's not by the Word of God. And therefore, if it's not by the Spirit of God, it is by Beelzebub. And they're not really casting out devils. It's just a show. It's a falseness. And he said, or else, how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? Except he first binds the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. So if he can bind that strong man, he'll spoil his house. If he can bind that strong man. Who's going to bind the strong man? Only Jesus Christ can. No one else is going to bind that strong man, but he is able to bind that strong man. And then he's going to spoil his goods. He that is not with me is against me. That's a doctrine, by the way, that is still in effect today. Ever since Jesus Christ said that, that has never changed. Why? Because it's Jesus Christ the righteous. And he has spoken. You're not with him, you're against him. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. There's no gray areas with God. There's no indifference with God. There's no kind of give and take. And well, let's just try this and this. And I'm partially on board. I believe most of the Bible. I believe in most of the doctrines. Uh, you know, and people say, well, I mostly agree with my church. Well, what's the purpose then? If you have aught with your church, why don't you get that settled? Why don't you take that matter to the church? Find out what the church believes. And you might just find out you're wrong or the churches might find out you're right. But well, why can't we do that? They were puffed up with pride. It's our way of the highway. We're the only ones that are right. Everybody else is wrong. And that's just how men live today. But he said, he's not with me, is against me. That's the bottom line. If you're not with Jesus Christ, you're against Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ trying to do a work in the church and you're resistant to it, you're against him. Jesus Christ is working in a time, a meeting like we're in this week. And there's those that would resist that. And they're against Jesus Christ. They can't see that. They despise what's going on, but they can't see that. They can't see they're against Christ. What Christ is trying to do is work in the church. He's trying to minister. He's trying to save. He's trying to to help people that need help. And they're going against that, and they can't see that that is their folly. That is their destruction. And he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. There's nothing else. You either bring them in or you're scattering them. There's no other way to look at it. And there's those that have never brought a person to the house of God. They've never won a soul, but their conduct, their conversation, the message— the gospel, wooed them to Jesus Christ. They've never done it in all their life. And yet they'll criticize those that do. They'll criticize the mannerisms of how it's done. They'll criticize the the performance. They'll criticize the words. They'll criticize the actions. And they themselves have never lifted a finger to help a sinner get to Jesus Christ. All they do is talk about it. Or they talk about, oh, I got a prayer life. I prayed for them. It's not enough. Prayer is not enough. You need some action behind the prayer. Because if you're not gathering with him, you're scattering. That's not a gray area. This isn't like something up for debate. This isn't where we're going to flip a coin, are you with God or against God? No, if you're not gathering, you're scattering. And most people sit in the house of God their entire life, have never gathered one time. They name the name of Christ. In reality, they're scattering because they cannot gather. They don't have the ability to gather because they don't have the spirit of Christ to gather. Doctrine from Jesus Christ, Lessons from the Earthly Ministry of Jesus Christ. Have a great weekend. Lord willing, we'll see some of you on Monday in Akron, New York. There is a lost soul who's tired of his sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. which is Manassa Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption for all night. Angels of God are rejoicing, for the prodigal child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.